Appreciate. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you all? We bless God this morning for the opportunity to be alive. Amen. I also bless God for only this time I moved with my wife. Amen. Let's appreciate God for that. We'll bring greetings from Uganda, particularly the town of Entebbe, where we do God's work from. We also reach to other parts of the country. We have a branch church in the east and a branch church in the west and within the central. And we also have a bunch of pastors, uh, pastors in our pastor's fellowship, about uh, 58 now. And... Uh, they prayed for me when I was coming. And they sent greetings. Amen? I want to appreciate God for a pastor. He's a dad. He's a friend. He's a mother to me and to us. Amen? Also want to appreciate you for loving us and praying for us always and supporting us even financially. We are doing ministry in a very tough area, but God is tougher than any situation. Amen? Yes, and uh, this morning we are going to hear the word of God, and uh, after the word we shall get some small time to pray. I believe in God, and because I believe in God, I believe in miracles. Amen? Yes, and... Uh, in Africa, we have to we believe God because the situation puts us on spot to believe God. We have no choice but to believe God. And we have no choice but to pray. Sometimes we have no choice but to pray and fast. Actually, the whole of January and uh, nine days of February, always we pray and fast. 20, I mean, 12 hours every day from 1st of January up to 9th of February. And we have four services every day. One at 6 in the morning, one at midday, the third one at 5, and the last one at 8 up to 10. And we do those services, and people come and we pray, and we plead with God. We see God at work. We see the hand of God. We see the miracles of God. We see the grace of God. Amen? So we are going to read this morning from the book of Acts of the Apostles. Acts chapter 12. Acts of the Apostles chapter 12 from verses 1 through to 10. Maybe 12. Acts chapter 12 from verse 1. And you are reading New King James Version. About that time... Herod the king stretched forth his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. 
intending to bring him before the public, before the people, after Easter or Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with the two chains between two soldiers. And the guards kept the door, the, the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, the angel of the Lord stood by him. And the light shined in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Guide yourself, guide yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought, thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street. And immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has set his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the, Jew, the Jewish people. Twelve. Now when he had come, considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together, praying. Gracious Lord, we thank you for this morning. We appreciate you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. As we are in the Christmas season, celebrating and thanking you for the gift of the child, for the gift of the son. This morning, we continue to come before you Believing that your word is real, that your word is true, that your word is alive, that your word is quick. Lord, we also know by your word that you don't only send your word, but you send your word to heal your people and to deliver your people. We also know that after your word, you watch over it to fulfill this morning we pray that you may anoint my lips and anoint my entire being to become a messenger of your word and a messenger of your grace and a messenger of your good works. Father God, I know you use mere men to minister your grace to mere people. You use mortal men to minister your grace to mortal people. It is my prayer this morning that you use me to minister your goodness to your people. I pray, Lord, that you quicken us as a body of Christ, that you may challenge us as a church to continue to pray because when we pray, we are strong. When we pray, we are powerful. 
When we pray, we take our position. When we pray, we have the authority. Lord, it's my prayer this morning that you quicken us and challenge us, Lord my God, that we shall have an upper hand against the enemy and against all his works. We bless you, Lord. I lose a teaching and a teachable spirit this morning. I worship you, Lord. And I take authority over every work of the enemy. I take power over every influence of the evil one. And I command the enemy, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. I command you to pack and leave this place. Leave the surrounding. Move and go in the dry lands in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, reign and take authority. Reign over me. Reign over your children, my listeners. I give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Give him praise and glory in the house of God. This morning we are going to remind ourselves of this scripture. And what happened there. Jesus started a very powerful church. And when he left, he gave us the promises. He told the apostles to tarry in the upper room until the gift had been given to them. And then that they would move out and become his two disciples, beginning from Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world. Now, when they moved from there, whether by, by choice or by force, they went about doing, they were witnessing about the message and the good news of Christ. And the church began to gain ground. And time comes here when the church had reached a position of a great threat to the leaders then and to the enemy. So much that the enemy, the devil, began to use every mechanism and every tool to try to suppress, to try to control, to try to tame, or even to try to eradicate the church. But glory be to God our Father and Jesus Christ's Son, that he said, I will build my church upon this rock. And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Hallelujah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the enemy tries to do, he will never prevail. Because Jesus started a powerful church. He started a great church. He started a strong church. Stronger than anything. The church is so great. Greater than any weapon you know of. The church is strong. Stronger than the strongest thing on earth. Stronger than any weapon. The devil tried to suppress. To curtail. To, to, to put a hedge around the church. And even try to do away with the church. He was not able. At this moment... The devil used Herod, who had authority. And the Bible says, 
And now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand to torture, to kill, to destroy, to, to torture some members of the church. Now, the devil was very tactical through Herod that he wanted to torture some members of the church and when he wanted to do away with the church, he was very intentional that he came and he did not begin with just members of the church, although those were important people. When the devil wanted to do away with the church, he began with the leadership. The devil knows the scripture. He knows the word of God. Hallelujah. In three instances, he tried to tempt our Lord Jesus using the word of God. Thank God, Jesus was the word himself. So he knew himself better than the devil knew him. So when the enemy brought the word, Jesus was able to present himself and he defeated the enemy by the word. The word is strong. The word is powerful. The word is authoritative. The word is full of changing power. But the devil tactically chose to try to quench the church or to destroy the church by killing the members. And I said, he knew the scriptures. The Bible says, I will beat the shepherd that the, and the sheep shall scatter. That's a scripture in the Bible. So the devil wanted to beat the shepherd, the leaders, and the head of the church so that the church may scatter. But I told you that Jesus built this church that nothing is going to destroy, nothing is going to eradicate the church. The church will grow from strength to strength and from power to power and from authority to authority from the time of its beginning up to the end. Hallelujah. Give praise and glory to the name of the Lord. He killed James with a sword. And the church kept silent. And when he killed James, the Jews who hated the church, who seemed to be the enemies of the church, celebrated Herod. They clapped for him. They said, our man. They said, yes, reign forever. And because they sang praises for him, he got more proud. He, he got more puffed up and said, all right, because they have sung my name, I'm going to continue killing. And when he came the second time, he did not pick a member of the church. He picked another head, another leader. This time he came for Peter. And this is why I want to encourage you always. The church is at her strongest challenge whenever the enemy attacks the leadership. Which is why we need to always pray for our leaders. Some of the attacks, you never know. They never tell you. But always pray for them. Whether they, you know some challenges they are going through or you don't know. Because even when you think you don't know or there is nothing they're going through, they may be going through some challenges. Pray for them. 
Bring them before the Lord. Intercede for them. Go before the Lord and pray for the leaders because the devil targets the leaders. He knows when he hits and he defeats our leaders, he has defeated all of us. When they try to do away with our leaders, they weaken them. They have weakened all of us. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray for our pastors. Let's present them before the Lord. Most time is not easy for us to openly tell you the challenges we are going through. We go through a lot of challenges and we don't tell them to you. Now I'm speaking on his behalf. Pray for him even before he tells you that he's going through some situations. Pray for his family even before he tells you there is something challenging in my family. Pray for his marriage even before he tells you there is something taking place in my marriage. Pray for his children even before he comes and tells you, please pray for my children. There's this circumstance. There's always a big attack the enemy launches to the church and the target the devil launches in the church is upon the leadership. They, he killed James and the church kept quiet. And the devil went out by, by it. He, 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 he was celebrated. The devil came again through Herod and he took Peter. He put him in prison, intending to bring him after Easter to be killed also. I believe if the church just kept quiet, the devil would have come and selected all the leaders and finished them and came to the members and finished them and left the building or the church empty. But thanks be to God that even though the church kept quiet the first time when the first leader was taken, when the second leader was taken, the church said, no way. We have slept long enough. We cannot continue sleeping when the enemy is stealing from among us. Enough is enough. We cannot watch the enemy steal from among us. The other day, he stole Sir J. James and we kept quiet and he killed him. Now he has come for Peter. No way. We are not going to watch Peter die the way James died. We have to do something. We know we have to do something. But what can we do? We don't have guns we don't have any other weapon but the church remembered that they though they don't have a, not have a gun though they don't have arrows though they don't, they don't have a tanker though they don't have any other weapon they have one single weapon for the weapon of our warfare is strong through God with the pulling down of strongholds that weapon is stronger that weapon of prayer is stronger than any tanker is stronger than any gun is stronger than any when we engage prayer, man, we are at the safe side. Hallelujah. When the church didn't pray, they kept on losing their members. But the day the church woke up and began praying, they closed the door of losses. The church can be there and we can keep losing members. And so, and then next time we are in 120, another time we are in 50. Another time you are arranging in 150, again we come to 70. What's going wrong? What is taking away the people? That's what was happening in this church here. But when they began to pray, 
Prayer closed every door that was taking members away. Prayer closed every door that was taking out their members. They closed that door so much that even the member who had been taken away, prayer was able to bring him down. When the church prays, it will not only close the door against the enemy from stealing the members, but it will claim it is members back to the church in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him praise in the name of Jesus. There is enough power to close the doors against the enemy. And to tell this enemy, you're no longer going to steal from us. We close doors of the church against you. You are not going to come in. And also claim from our members who are gone, we claim them back. By prayer, the church was able to claim Peter back. Hallelujah. When the church does not pray, the church loses power to the enemy. The church loses authority to the enemy. The church loses control to the enemy. But whenever the church is on its knees, the church gains power. The church has control. The church can direct the direction and the, 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 the move of affairs. The church can say yes and it happens because in prayer there is power, in prayer there is authority. Yes, and in prayer there is a defeating the enemy. When they chose to pray, the Bible says, but prayer was made to God without ceasing for Peter by the church. When the church began to pray, it did not only just pray, but it prayed unceasingly. Unceasing prayer is different from a prayer. There are moments that we pray but there are incidents that we need to pray and continue unceasingly. The Lord Jesus gave a parable to the, his followers in the book of Matthew, I think, uh, no, Luke chapter 18. And he gave them a parable saying, how men ought to pray and not to cease. That men ought always to pray and never to give up. Never to lose heart, never to quit. Whenever there is an issue we are presenting before God, boy, the church, we need always to commit ourselves and pray and pray and pray until something happens and keep pushing and pushing and pray until something happens. If it is somebody's family that is breaking apart and we choose to pray for that family, we should not cease until the family has been redeemed. We don't need to pray one week and give up, we don't need to pray. For one month and give up. We should pray until something happens. We should pray unceasingly. Hallelujah. The power of a praying church. When the church prays, the church is strong. When the church prays, the church has a stand against the enemy. Can he close the enemy away? Can push the enemy to his place? Can put a line between the enemy and them and tell them never cross this line? When we pray as a church, we can bat the enemy. We can give him a distance. We can push him away. And we can keep him out there. When the church prayed, 
the enemy was pushed out of the church and the hands of the enemy was pushed away from the church and the activities of the enemy was pushed away from the church and the intentions of the enemy was pushed away from the church. Why? Because the church prayed. The power of a praying church. And as we're beginning the year, I'm going to challenge you. Prayer has helped us to survive in Africa. Prayer has helped me to survive in Uganda. It is through prayer that we exist and through prayer that we continue doing the work of God. It is through prayer that we see the, the miracles and the signs and wonders. The church chose to pray. When the church prayed, on the very night when the enemy intended to, that, that night in the morning, Herod wanted to bring Peter to be killed. That very night, because the church was praying, the Lord never allowed it even to come today. The very night, because prayer was going on, because the church was praying, the church which was praying engaged God and caused God, caused the heavens to work even 24-7. Hallelujah. Usually, we work during that time, isn't it? Jesus said, let's do, let's work as long as it is still there because night is coming where no man does any work, isn't it? Let's continue working as long as it is still day because night is coming where no man does any work. But when a church prays, the church engages God to work beyond the working hours. When the church prays, it engages the heaven to work 24 hours. Even when the people were sleeping and nothing was supposed to, ex to be done, the heavens pushed an angel to come and work on behalf of the praying church even at night. Never joke with prayer. Prayer can work for you even when you no longer understand. When a church chooses to pray, the, the heavens can respond and deliver a member of the church who is bedridden, who is in the hospital, who no longer breathes, who no longer understands, who no longer even understands. But when the church prays, the heavens can go and deliver such a person because when we pray, we engage the heavens to work 24-7. Do we want the heavens to work 24-7 on our behalf? Let us become a prayerful church. Let's pray more. I know we are a praying church. I sense it. The church prays. But can we keep on, be more intentional in our prayer? Be more committed in our prayer? And as a church prays, can we locally, individually, as families, let's pray in our families. If a praying church can cause the heavens to work 24-7. Even a praying family will cause the heavens to work 24 hours. A praying marriage will cause God to work 24-7. And let me tell you something. The devil made a very stupid mistake. When he killed James, the church was folding hands. The church had not engaged the weapon. And he went by it. It was easy. It was a walkover to kill James. But when the church began to pray, it was a tough issue. He had beaten a piece which he would not be able to swallow. <laughs> when the church began to pray, they caused Peter 
to become unchewable in the mouth of the devil. <laughs> he had chewed James and he chewed him very quickly and swallowed him. That happened because the church was not praying. When the church began to pray, he had swallowed Peter, but Peter became unchewable. He became unswallable. He, he, the devil had to spit Peter through because the prayer was being made by the church. When we pray, yes, we put the devil at a very awkward spot. We cause him to let go of whatever he's holding from us. He did a mistake. I wish the devil, maybe if he, the moment he arrested Peter, I wish he had just destroyed I me, mean, sorry. I wish he had just destroyed him. Thank you for my wife. My wife, thank you. That's why I came with you. If I didn't come with you, you don't know, I would not have known. God bless you. Yes. That's one of the reasons I came with her. I wish the enemy had killed Peter the moment he arrested him. But he did a stupid mistake. When he arrested Peter, instead of executing him there and then, instead of killing him that very day, he made a mistake. And instead of killing him, he put him in the prison. <laughs> I wish he had killed him that moment because he would have succeeded. The church had not yet begun to pray. But when they heard that Peter has been arrested and in the prison, they began to pray. All the mission aborted. Let me tell you something. If the devil has not killed you, even up to today, his mission in your life is not going to succeed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he has not executed you yet up to now. His mission, we are going to frustrate his mission. We are going to cause him to vomit you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lady, because the devil has not yet executed you, today we are going to cause his mission to be aborted. We are going to pray that cancer out of your life in the mighty name of Jesus. We are going to redeem your back. We are going to redeem your back in the name of Jesus. Because he did a mistake I never executed you on that accident. You're not going to die. Because he did a mistake I never destroyed your family. There and then it's not going to succeed. Because the devil did a mistake and didn't execute Peter there and there, he lost the battle. And that's how he has lost the battle with you. They are going to pray and they are going to claim your back, and the devil is going to walk out ashamed and weak and hopeless. And they're going to drive him in the dry lands, give him praise and glory in the house of God. When the church prayed, the angel was sent in the prison cell. One of the things he did was to throw down the chains that was tying their hands and their, their legs. There is such a great power generated by prayer that whenever we pray, there is a power generated from heaven through prayer that breaks every chain. The prayer that was prayed is what breaks the chain in their legs and in their hands. Sometimes we move physical and we seem to be free, 
But when invisibly we have some chains tying us. But when we pray, those chains have no choice but to be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. When we pray, the chains which are tying us have no choice but to break loose. The Bible says, as the church prayed without ceasing, the angel entered into the prison hole, and the chains that were tying their legs and their hands broke into pieces. It is my prophetic prayer this morning that every chain that has been tying you may break loose into pieces in the mighty name of Jesus. That the chain that has been tying your heart may break loose by the power of prayer. That every chain that has been tying your family may break loose. That every chain tying your businesses may break loose. Every chain tying your marriages may break loose in the name of Jesus. Give him praise and glory if you believe it. Now, when the chains broke, the angel was there physically. And he began to give instruction. He began to give direct, directives. Paul tells us that angels are the ministering spirits. They minister to the saints, isn't it? They are ministering spirits. They minister to us. Angels, okay? That's one of their duties. They come to minister to us, to serve us. But let me tell you something. Most times when a church is not praying, let me go like this. The book of Revelation, toward the end of chapter 1, beginning chapter 2 and 3, partly, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? There are seven messages to the seven churches through seven different angels. Now, you can take those angels to be the men of God, like me, the angel of the church of Rima, of Louisburg, right? Meaning, Pastor Steve, I mean, Father Stuart. But also, the other meaning is the literal angel that. As we, if we move that angel word from physical man, let's you mean, let's use them to mean real angels, and that means that to every local church, as well as there is a, a pastor, there is also an angel that the heavens has assigned to watch over this local church day and night. Even when all of you are going back home and you are sleeping and you are snoring, that angel that has been assigned by heaven to watch over Rima Christian Center never sleeps, never slumbers, watches over Rima. Hallelujah. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When we do not pray, those angels are kind of rendered weak. They are kind of rendered powerless. It is our prayer that motivates, that empowers, that strengthens the angels. When the church does not pray, their angel is not active. The angel may be there, but not with a lot of activities. If we believe there was an angel of the church of, of Jerusalem, where these folks were, where was that angel when they were killing James? Maybe he was there. Why did, did he not act? He may have been there and he watched because he had not been empowered by the members of the church. 
But when they arrested the second leader, Peter, I believe the angel was still there. But because the church prayed, when they began to pray, they empowered their angel. They strengthened their angel. They energized their angel. Their angel became strong, became powerful. They had authority. The praying was like sending an angel act on our behalf, do something. And when they took Peter, because the church was praying, the angel of the church of Jerusalem was activated and he acted. Hallelujah. Whenever the church prays, the angel of that local church is active. He's on motion. He's moving in families. He's moving to deter every work of the enemy. He's moving to bar every plan of the enemy. He's moving to frustrate every intentions of the enemy. He's moving to fail every plan of the enemy, whether against the pastor or the leaders or the choir or the people or the businesses. He, the angel is moving night and day. Do we want, hallelujah, do we want our angel to be more active? Let's be active in prayer. Hallelujah. Give him praise and glory. When they never prayed, their angel is weak. He's powerless. He's not motivated. Maybe he watched things taking place. He watched James being arrested and being executed. But when the church prayed, the same angel said, no way over my dead body. I'm now strong. The other day, you killed James because I, and I watched you, but I was not empowered. Now, the people I represent here, they have empowered me. They are praying. They are authorizing me. They have strengthened me. I'm not going to allow you. Let go of Peter. Let go of Peter. Let go of Peter. He got him from the prison. Took him back to the church. What are you talking about? When we pray, the angel will go after our lost members and he will bring them back to us. Understood? Whenever the church prays, the angel is ignited and it, it, it goes. But you, you used to pray at Rema Christian Center. Go back and begin for fellowship. But you, you used to pray at Living Hope Revival Church in Tebe. Go back and begin praying. But you, now you are drinking. But you used to be a Christian. Go back in the church. But you, now you are cursing. You used to be a Christian at Rema. Go back. But you, now you are, you're, 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 you're doing, you're chewing. You used to be a Christian. Go back to the church. When the church prays, they do not only engage the angel to fight for them, but they also engage their angel to go and restore and return back. The Bible says, and the angel gave him the instruction instructions and he got him out of the prison and they went through the first and the second street and he was leading him directly to the church where he was fellowshipping from when the church prayed the angel went after their lost member and he brought him back in the fellowship when the church prays our angel will go back and look for our lost members and will bring them back and instead of losing members we shall increase we shall gain members when we pray we close the door which takes people out and we open wide the door which brings people in surprisingly like i told you We know that when we go out and witness to the people, preach to the people, the Lord will speak to them and they will know the Lord and maybe come to, to church, maybe on Sunday, maybe on Thursday, maybe on, on, on a day where there's a program in church. But when this church prayed, things worked 24 hours. 
Peter, who was a lost member, who was gone from the church, was brought back to the church at night. The Lord did not wait for morning to come. Because the church engaged in the prayer weapon, the lost members did not wait for morning to come back to church. They had to go to church at that very night. The Bible says after he was delivered and he went, he went directly to the house of Mary, the mother of John. Hallelujah. Where the church was gathered praying that very moment, instantly, whether night or day, 24-7, the church, the angel of the church is active on behalf of the church, bringing members. There is a lady who came to our church. It was night, I think 10, we were fin almost finishing our Friday night service at 10 in the night. And as we were winding up, I saw her coming. And she was unique because I was, I didn't know her. So she was not a member of the church. So after church, I talked to her. And I realized this lady was once born again. She once knew the Lord. But she had walked away from the Lord. Now I asked her, what happened? Why have you come now? She said, Pastor, I've been at home the whole day. Of course I've been passing here and seeing this church here. I knew this church exists. I've never been here. But I've been seeing, going down, climbing, walking up. I've been seeing this church. But I was no longer going to. But the whole of today I've been having a burden. And when it came tonight to ascend, I it reached this time and I could not stay at home. I felt something pushing me, something moving me. Go, 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 go to church, go to church, go to church. That's why I've come now. I said, but you have come night. Say, Pastor, it is okay. Even if it is night, the good thing is I have reached here. And now I feel the peace of God. When we pray, the Lord ignites and engages the angels and will give those people peaceless, restless, until they come back to church, whether night or day. And it's my prayer this morning in the name of Jesus, Father God. May you engage with the angels of this church. And we pray that they may become more active. The angel of the church of Rima Christian Center may become more active and let him go in the streets and bring every member who used to be a member here. Bring every person who used to be here, whether two years or three years or four years or ten years or twenty years. Go and bring them from the streets. Go bring them from the prisons. Some of them may be in the prisons of the enemy, the prison of, not physical prison, but spiritual prison. Because when somebody lives, and even if they are not in physical prison, but when they used to be Christian and clean, now they are out there and they are full of intoxications, of liquor and chewing. They are in the spiritual prison. Spiritually, they are imprisoned by the enemy in that area. We need to call them back. We need to call them back to come. Because this church, when they prayed, they called back their own members. And they came back to the church. They reported to the church night and day. Lord, we pray that the angel of Rema Christian Center may go in the streets and bring members who are in the spiritual prisons and bring them back in the church. Whether night or day, let them come here in the name of Jesus. We pray that the angel of Rema Christian Center may go in the streets of Louisburg and the surrounding 
and arrest every person who used to be a member and arrest every person who used to come here and let them bring them back here 24-7 seven days a week whether it is on a day where there's no church let them come here and report or rather they will go to the office and they will tell them what to do father we thank you because when we pray you hear and you answer we give you praise in Jesus name give him praise and glory in the house of God We are winding up like this. When the church prays, and when a person prays, or when a family prays, or when a marriage prays, whatever seems to be just in dreams, you see there are things that we, we think about them as like, like, like a dream. Okay? There are things you think about Recently, I was coming with my wife. It is her first time to fly. Her first time to board an airplane. And her first time to come to America. When we were in the first route from, from Entebbe to, 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 to where? To Amsterdam. She began asking me, but is it true? Am I in the airplane or am I, am I dreaming? I told her, it is true. You try to pinch yourself. Feel yourself. It's not a dream. It is real. Pinch yourself. You will feel pain. <coughs> and she touched herself and she felt pain. I said, because you have felt pain, it is not a dream. It is a reality. And she said, I used to dream. But now, the dream is no longer a dream. It is a reality. Hallelujah. And she has been praying for over seven years. Every year. Sometimes when we meet us at our fellowship moment with our children and other people in the house, when we are praying, they pray that mama should, should be able to go to America with the daddy one time. When we pray, whatever seems to be just a mere dream becomes into reality. The Bible says, and when the, 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 the angel let Peter out, Peter had imagined that he was just dreaming. Oh, he was just seeing a vision. But after step one and two, and he got, and maybe pinched himself and he said, ah, ah, this is no longer just a dream. This has become a reality. Why did what seemed to be a dream to Peter become a reality? The church was praying. Whenever the church prays, what seems to be a dream materializes. What seems to be a dream becomes a reality. What seems to be like a vision, like imagination, becomes real, becomes true, becomes there and there. Hallelujah. Give him praise and glory in the house of God. There is power in prayer. We are going to pray this morning for any family and any marriage and any person. Who feels you may be in the prison of the enemy? Somehow the enemy has twisted you and cornered you and imprisoned you in some situation. It may be physical prison or spiritual prison. Sickness is one of the prisons. The devil can put you in that kind of prison of sickness and you can't run away from it. You need a joint force. A joint force of a praying church. Today we are going to pray. And like the choir is coming in front, we are going to ask if there is anybody who feels, oh, you know, that there is any kind of prison 
in which you are, whether spiritual or physical prison, we want to call you in front here. We want to pray with you. We want to believe God. God is faithful. God is true to his word. He has glorified and exalted his word above him his own self. God's word is greater. It is strong. It is powerful. When we pray, God hears and answers. We want to pray this afternoon, this morning, that God may hear and answer. That he may get you out of that prison. Prison of sickness. Prison of chewing. Prison of drugs. Prison of, of, of alcohol. Prison of, of torment. Any kind of prison. We want to break the chain and lose God's people to go free. Hallelujah. As you are coming, there was this man, this man who used to be a devil worshiper. He was a great man. One day he was, he would move in, out in his body spiritually and move over continents in one, in one hour. He could come from Africa to America, from America to Europe, and he could execute, he could execute the will of the enemy in two churches. He could Pass over churches and destroy and destroy those churches. Break those churches. Cause confusion by mere flying over any church. His mission was to destroy churches. But it says one day, after destroying so many churches, just hovering over them, and tomorrow there's going to be argument and quarreling and fighting and fornication and fighting, and the church disintegrates and no more in three months. One day he was trying to move over a certain church. And he found this church, it was a prayerful church. It was not a sleeping church, but a praying church. And that very moment, they had some small group of prayer at night, about six with the pastor. And they were praying, and they were holding their hands around the, 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 the altar and praying. This guy says, when he reached in that environment, up in the sky, and was hovering, I intended to destroy that one also. He felt a certain kind of power which pulled him down from the sky, and he came down, and he landed through the, through the roof of the church, and he fell down on the pulpit. As the pastors were holding hands, he landed in the middle of the circle. And these people were praying, and were praying, closing their eyes. And after for about five minutes, the pastor opened his eyes. He saw a man there. You, why are you here? You see, you see, he realized this guy is demon possessed. And they began praying for this guy, chasing demons, casting out evil spirits, destroying every stronghold of the enemy. After about 30 minutes of ministering deliverance to this guy, he tells them the whole story. That is the day he received Christ in his life. And today is a great preacher. Hallelujah. He has written very many books. The power of a praying church is so strong that the enemy cannot resist. This guy says, by the mere fact of mentioning the name Jesus, every demon trembles. You can command in the name of Jesus, get out and go from that person. Go in the dry lands. Whenever you command a demon in the spiritual realm, in the demonic world, and you command in the name of Jesus, demons obey. If they have been moving, you command in the name of Jesus, stop there, they stop. Be arrested, they get arrested. Waiting for the next command. You command them in the name of Jesus, go in the dry lands, they go, and they never come back. 